birthday Sunday, so it's our 14th uh, birthday. Uh, congratulations. Um, you, you've made it sometime here in the last 14 years, uh, even if today is your first Sunday. Uh, it's, it's been an amazing 14 years. God has done something really special here with, with our church, and it's not been easy. In fact, I found many of these years to be extraordinarily humbling. Uh, humbling, and, but here we are. We're, we're at this, the verge of a major new beginning for our church, and it's, it's pretty exciting times. Our story, though, thus far, uh, if you've been tracking it for, for any period of time, it's, it's been filled with some challenges. It's been filled with some waiting, years of waiting. It's been filled with some discouragement. It, it's, it's had these big ups and then, and then big downs, but today, Today, we stand ready to walk into a new era of our church, uh, having different locations here in, in this, this city. Other than my family, I mean, you know, like a, a two-year-old Emma and a four-year-old Ethan and a not-born Owen, other than my family, I think we were the only ones that were part there on the first Sunday that, in this room. I don't, I don't think anybody else here was there on, on that first Sunday. But So as has become a tradition, if I remember, and I've remembered at least... For the last couple of years, We're, we play a game on this on this Sunday at this point, and the game is simple. Can you remember when you showed up at Rehope? That that that's the name of the game. Uh, and so basically, what we're going to do is, is is I'm going to call out maybe a different time or a different era in Rehope, and and if you showed up and and that's when you started coming to this church, then this is this is the game. Yes, high and boldly, right? We're going to just, just raise your hand, show of hands. Okay, so we're going to give this, raise your hand high and boldly if you started coming to Rehope in 2005 or 2006 in the first two years of the church. Anybody start coming in? Yeah, yeah, right. I knew you wouldn't raise your hand because uh, I've known you since 2005 or 2006 and you don't want to be called out like this. And so you weren't going to raise your hand. Okay, oh, she's asleep. Okay, good. Uh, good. Uh, uh, okay, can I say that again? One, two, three, four, five. Okay, good. Uh, amazing, amazing. Uh, that's, that's from the early first couple years of the church. I have, a, I have a picture of that era. What? Yeah, I have a picture of that era. Do we have a picture of that era? Yeah, it's really blurry and really poor quality, but it existed. It existed, so... Man, what a, what a challenging era that was. I remember trying to find a place to start this church and, and just praying and walking through the West End, looking everywhere. Why the West End? Because that was where we lived and just kind of starting a church where we lived. Walking around and just praying, and I couldn't find anything, any place to, to start this church. And I remember this one day, I was just, I was so frustrated because I've been asking God to show me where, you want, where he wants us to open this church. And I, and I came to this railing, and, and I was just kind of leaning on this railing, like, God, open my eyes. This was my prayer. Open my eyes so that I can see where you want me to open, start this church. I can't find it. And I kid you not, I, I just looked up, and I was staring right at an old church building. And I, and I, and I hadn't thought about it because I, it was part of a school uh, just up from Byers Road, just higher than, just up from, from, the, um, from the Marks and Spencer, I guess now, on, off Byers Road. On Great George Street, and I and I just I just I knew it was part of a school, and I assumed it was all chopped up into different rooms of some sort, and so I didn't really consider it previously. But but as I looked at this building, I could see light through the windows, and I was like, I think that's one big hall. And right then, Tommy, the janitor of the school, came up behind me, and the school had been closed; it was during a break, and and I was like, 
He's like, can I help you? And I'm like, well, I, I was just kind of wondering if that hall is, is one big room and if it's available to rent on Sundays. And he's like, well, let me show you. So Tommy, the janitor, right at that moment, walked me through the, the, the old church building there and, and showed me around. And, and then he put me on the phone. He punched in the number. And he put me on the phone with the person. I'm like, hi, I'm, I'm Brian. I want to rent this church. And oh, Brian, never heard of you. Uh, uh, and, um, and ultimately, we ended up renting that place uh, very cheaply uh, for, on Sunday afternoons to, to start a church. It was, it, we just, we'd been in such a time of frustration and, and, and praying, God, where, where, where? And then, and then he opened up that location. Uh, sadly, that building is currently being turned into uh, flats uh, on Great Church Street. But when I walk by it, I'm like, yeah was the last preacher of that building, which isn't usually what you want your claim to fame be, yeah. Uh, I, was, I was preaching there, and then it closed. Uh, uh, but but it's, it's, it's okay. So after, after a year there, being in that place, and kind of at the end of 2005, we found out that this building was going to be sold. And so we're excited. We're like, wow, what an opportunity to acquire this, this great building. And so we started raising money and, and, and to, to purchase this, this building, and we had it surveyed, and it was worth like 300000 if it was going to be a church, or 500000 if it could be anything. And so we made a bid along with some other people, and we were outbid by one million pounds. <laughs> we were vastly outbid by a developer to their loss, apparently, because uh, they couldn't do anything on it for years and years. But, but sadly then, after nearly two years being in Great George Street in October 2006, we, we had to move out because somebody else had bought the property. And, and so we ended up moving to Partick South, which is the church right at the end of the street here, and meeting in the afternoon in the back rooms, back rooms uh, there at Partick South Church. Did anybody start coming to the church during our time at Partick South? Anybody start coming? Anybody. Anybody start coming to the church? Nobody. Nobody started coming uh, during that era, which, which makes sense. That was one of the lowest seasons uh, of, 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 my, of my life uh, up to that point. Uh, I was super discouraged that winter. Our church in the first location had grown to about 80 people eventually, and then we moved into Partick South, and half the people started coming just because of the location change, the time change, and and things like that. Uh, and, and when I looked around at that time, I saw the church just dying. And it took so much effort to get it, to get it going and um, just meeting at a terrible time, feeling stuck. I mean, as a leadership team, we're praying and we're, got, we're like, God, where, where can we meet as a church that we're, we're not just shoved in a back room of a church? Help us, help us to find a place. But we couldn't, we couldn't find anything. It's just, it's so humbling trying to 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 um lead this church in those in those early days but anyway so that we kind of moved in there october 2006 and then spring 2007 i i was again i was on a prayer walk i'm like god help me find a place for this church we're stuck we're not we're not getting anywhere and and i believe that the church is for now not for 30 years from now God, I believe you've started this, this church for a purpose, for this generation, so, so help me. And I was leaning on the same railing where God once, where Tommy once met me, uh, and, and God opened that door. And I was leaning on that railing, and I was praying, and I'm looking at the roof of, of the building, and, and, and I heard this loudly in my mind. The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it. 
And right about then, a car pulled up, and I was, I was going to be going somewhere with some friends. Uh, Wade Thompson was driving, and Stephen Irwin was in the car, and Dan Ward, who was the first guy who came to Christ in our church, they were in the car, and I got in the car with these guys. I can't remember where we were going. I was like, guys, I think God just spoke to me when I was praying over that, that, at that building there. I think God might be saying that he's going to put us back in that building. And I, I, well, we'll see. Two weeks later, out of the blue, we got an email. We got an email from the, from the new owners, and they were like, hey, do you want the building full-time for 500 a month? Yes. Yes, we do. And so we, we, we moved back in that spring, and we, we just saw an amazing season in there over the next couple of years. We went from, for the next two years, from about 60 when we moved in to about 220 over that, that 24-month 20, uh, 24 period, an incredible season. How many of you came to this church in, in that, that second era at Great George Street? And, and if you count in that second era of Great George Street, this is like 2007, 8, 9, that, that sort of era? Yeah. Okay, wow. Gordon, I'm sorry you have to sit up there where you're like, Who's, who else is there? Uh, yeah, it, it's fun. Um, okay, okay that, I'll, I'll, I'll ask more questions later. I got a picture from that era. Here's another picture, another high-quality um, picture. Uh, that's back when we, you almost had a megapixel uh, for your, your pictures. Uh -huh. You don't remember. You weren't born yet. But anyway, so, uh, so th there, there was that. So th the first Sunday, we moved into, back into this building. Um, I named the two—the two, church building was shaped where it had these two kind of— Peaks and then it, and it had a point or whatever. I named the two different peaks. I say like, that peak uh, that on the on the uphill side of Great George Street is God still hears prayers, and on the downhill side of the street, I was like God is still moving. I was like that is gonna that is our testimony. That's a testimony of our church that God still hears prayers and that God is still moving. And even though um, even though we've been stuck and 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 it's been frustrating and we've been humbled and challenging on forward and backwards, God still hears prayers, and God is still. Uh, moving So uh, that, that, was a, that was a fun era But one day A Saturday in May 2009 We received an email Out of the blue Where the owners of the building were saying They wanted to sell the building And we, we could buy the building for 1.1 million Or 1.3 I suppose either uh, Million um, Which we did not have Or anything close to that Or we needed to be out in two weeks Two weeks notice and again there was just no way that we could afford that so with two weeks notice we had a scramble and and so that that monday um I, I just said okay church we got two weeks and if anybody is free on monday morning let's gather and we're going to pray and we're going to plan that's the two things we're going to do and so that monday we, we gathered together a group of us and we just we just called out to god god uh, open up a place We don't want to close down we don't want to close down we're, we're 12 days now from closing from not having a place um, open up a place for us. We prayed and we prayed and we prayed and then we started planning We had a whiteboard and we started scratching out different ideas and and we went out from that meeting with different People to follow up and different ideas to pursue and we just we just went for it as a, as a team back then and uh, Kirsty now Kirsty Mearns he had a friend who worked at the Queen Margaret Union and and Which was actually the building right directly behind that that church building and that friend got us access on Sunday mornings for the, for the QMU, and we didn't end up missing a, sorry, we didn't miss a single week, which was just amazing, that we were able to continue without a single week to having to close down, and, 
And um, yeah, how many people came during the era in Queen Margaret Union? Did anybody come? I, I knew you. I was thinking about you when you were. Yeah. Okay. Oh. We're, oh. Yeah. That's right. You. You did. Uh, anybody else come during that that era? That's fun. Uh, you came to Christ in the QMU, which was uh, exciting. That was that was pretty special. Um, yeah. So that's your story. You can you can give that at a, at a time. That's fine. So um, yeah. So we uh, that season was awful. Sorry. <laughs> Um, as, as a leader in the church, I, uh, I got a picture here uh, of the church. It's, it's uh, at that time. This is pre-service prayer. So we would meet outside. We'd, we'd drop off the stuff, and we would we'd dump it there, and then we would um, and we'd pray, and then we would kind of move in and when they would let us in. Awful. Awful season. I remember walking in, and our, our floor just like, just like, Sticking, like the shoes is sticking to the floor, the beer, the stench, and everything like that. Great time for kids' ministry in the church, no. And it's just, just a terrible time. And I remember at this time showing up, and they're like, sorry, we don't have any place for you to meet. And I'm like, I have people showing up in like 90 minutes. I, that's, I can't, we need a place to meet. And they ended up kind of putting us in, I think, the food hall or something like that that, that Sunday. Or, or It was just awful it was awful and so again the church was was collapsing and in those months we went from 220 people down to 80 in just a few in over like two three months just just a, a, a collapse of the church brutal now we didn't close there was answers to prayer and we, we had a place to, to meet but but such a challenging season disappointing uh discouraging just totally humbling totally totally humbling but you know what? Good things were happening in people's lives. And, and, and I, I was looking at this picture a little bit more closely, and, and, I, and I saw this. And you go ahead and put up the next uh, picture. So, so there's some arrows here and I, pointing to different people. The, number one, I think, they're, I think they're numbered, right? Yeah, number one, which you can't really tell, uh, in the blue hoodie facing away, um, that's Ian Kennedy. Ian Kennedy just, just planted Glasgow Grace here in the city. Number two, uh, pointing to that blonde girl, that's Ruth. Uh, Ruth uh, Weller, she was planting the south side location uh, this autumn. Number three is this guy named Brian Luce, who's uh, now uh, been working with this church in Renfrew, plant, uh, replanting a church in Renfrew, or working at cultivating that church in Renfrew. Uh, number four is Dan Ward, and Dan Ward um, came to Christ in the church, but he was a missionary in South Korea for at least five years. Uh, he, he, I don't know um, exactly when he came back, or if he's come back, but for a long time. Number five is Andy Matheson, and he planted a church in Dundee uh, with, um, uh, oh, what's that, what's that Maz McConnell group called? 20 Schemes, yeah, with 20 Schemes. He planted with 20 Schemes. Uh, number six is Andy Ashworth, who uh, was part of planting a church here in Glasgow called the Gathering Church UK. Number seven is Pete Rennie, and he planted a church in Inverness. In uh, over the last couple of years, and then Mike Leibolt, who works as a kids pastor in Washington State. I mean, just that's just one random picture, and just thinking about what God was cultivating in people's lives for 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 their next era. I mean, what what a special time, awful, but incredible uh, at the same time. And and that's that's sometimes how it is, right? Where. It just feels so terrible, and yet God is doing stuff that you have no idea what he's doing. 
pretty special. Well, um, it was an important season, no fun. What did we do? We cried out to God over and over again, desperately for, for more space. It was just exhausting. We tried everything. Then one day we got in contact with a church um, called, Kel- at the time it was called Kelvin Stephen Memorial Church, just off of Great Western Road, uh, just north of Great Western Road. I think it's Belmont Street, um, just kind of Cooper's Viper, kind of that area, uh, up that, that kind of area. Am I not supposed to refer to, oh, I don't know where any clubs or pubs are. <laughs> I'm a pastor. <laughs> uh, Barbecue Kings uh, is there on the corner. There's a co-op. Okay. Jeez. Um, so so we, we started meeting there, uh, and, and in that place, we, we had some rest, and, and the church kind of went from about 80 to about 110, 120 people. Does anybody, did anybody was anybody come, start coming to the church in that era, Kelvin Stevenson Memorial Church? One of you. One, 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 oh, oh, okay, great, great, two, two, two uh, of you. Wow, okay. And so that was from autumn 2009 to spring 2011. I have a picture of that era as well. Uh, another high quality, um, high quality picture. It's kind of kind of what it looked like. We needed that place. We really needed. I needed that place. Uh, I was just exhausted and worn out from trying to navigate all the different changes and and uh, and crises. It wasn't a place where we could thrive. We were definitely stuck, and we're still calling on God for a place. But meeting in the afternoon. At that church was at least it was a peaceful time a a peaceful place and and good things happened in that era But we needed a a home of our own now just before I go in any further There hasn't been a lot of hands going up Can I just see from Calvin Stevenson or before who who started coming to the church from Calvin Stevenson or before this building before this building? I'm, I'm counting you Okay That's not a lot is it? That's not a lot. The, the vast majority of people in the church only know the church from, from this era. I remember in August 2010, uh, coming back from the summer, the church was five and a half years old, been a long five and a half years. In that year, in, in those years, I, I went from, from having hair to a better look uh, and, uh, and all that sort of stuff. But five and a half years old, coming back just determined, determined to finding a, 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 a better place for our church to meet where we could grow again and where we, could, where we could thrive. And we prayed and we were pleading again every week, praying and pleading and pushing on every door for months and just feeling stuck and discouraged and, and just humbled, just humbled. Unless the Lord builds the house, right? Uh, they that labor, labor in vain. That might have been a little King Jamesy, but I didn't mean to do that. But, but uh, the, the church was stuck. And, and again, I, I knew the church was for now, and so we're trying and praying and praying. And, and we, we tried everything there at that time. We tried to offer a, a half million on a, on a place, which, you know, that would have been difficult to buy a church for a half million. We just explored everything. We're praying hard. And, and we had hoped that God would do something for us someday. But in the meantime, we were meeting in the afternoons at this church in um, kind of Great Western Road. The days turned into weeks, and the weeks turned into months, and 
just didn't seem like anything was happening. In fact, I woke up on the 4th of December, 2010, not expecting, just expecting it to be another normal day. It was a Sunday morning. And because our church met in the afternoons, I was planning on visiting a church up in Mary Hill just to see what the situation was at that church. But it was, I woke up that morning, and it was just covered with snow and ice. And, and, it, and the ground was covered, and, and I was like, okay, if I tried to get there, I would die. And so I remember sitting in my office in my house thinking, okay, God, where, 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 where do you want me to go today? Where, where do you want me to go? And this place came to mind. And I didn't know anything about this place, but I lived about 800 meters this way behind us, just kind of by the, by the cricket pitch right behind us. And, and I, it came to mind, and so I decided, okay, I'm going to try and go visit. And I, I slipped and slid my way around the, the streets and, and got here, and, and it was closed because of weather and, and snow and ice and all that kind of stuff. And I walked around, I was praying around this place, kind of looking at it, and, and it looked all boarded up. The, the windows weren't clear. And, and I was getting ready to go, and an, and an old guy kind of came out of this, this room. His name was John Silver. He was the original 1700 John Silver. He was super old. And, and, uh, and I was like, hey, is the, is the church closed? And, and he's like, no. Uh, yes, he's like, yes. Um, we're not going to be meeting today because of snow and ice, and there's really only just a handful of us, you know, 12 on a good day. Um, would you like to see the building? And I was like, yeah. So we just walked through this place for about 45 minutes, and he told the story of the building. I went home back to, back to my house that Sunday afternoon, and I phoned the leader of the, the church here, and I was like, hey, I, I'm, I'm Brian, and, uh, you know, would you consider selling us your church building? And, you know, it, there's more to the story than that. And, and he's like, well, let's meet. And, and over the next, well, I think it was the 10th of December, I had a meeting with the leadership team here. And, and I came out of that meeting with, and they said, okay, we, we think God is in this and we want to honor God. How, how much money do you have? Well, we have about 50,000 pounds saved up for a down payment. And they're like, well, what if we sell you our building for 40,000 pounds so that you can be debt free and, and have some money to start fixing it up? Uh, I'll pray about it. <laughs> no, I, I just, just, uh, <laughs> we have been praying. And so uh, I went home and told Kelly, and, and uh, just, um, I, I'm not at all afraid to say, we definitely cried and just so thankful for what God was doing. And so we, we moved into this place, Easter Sunday, uh, Easter Sunday, 2011, and we're just so happy. Just so happy that God had finally given us a church, a home. How many of you started coming here in 2011 after we'd moved in Easter Sunday in 2011, during 2011? Did you, anybody start coming in that time? Wow, okay, okay, that, that's fun, that's great, um, good. Uh, how many of you started coming in 2012, during the time of 2012? Okay, wow, even, even more, 2013. 2013. Oh, that was a down year, I guess. Uh, 2013. Uh, we must have scared those people off. 2014. 2014. 2015. Okay. 2016. Wow. 2017. Okay. Or 2018 till today. Till, till today. 2018 or today. Wow, praise God, that's fun, that, that, that's fun. I believe whenever God brought you here, he brought you here for a reason. 
reasons, probably, for things that he wants to do in your life and through your life to be a part of this story, our, our testimony of God hearing prayers and, and God, God answering to prayers, uh, answering prayers. Today we stand just at the doorstep of a great new beginning, a major new beginning for our church. Um, for the last several years, we've been praying and praying and praying uh, for more space. We've looked at everything from building a new building to trying to convert a warehouse to, to, to looking for, for older church buildings. And, and, but mostly we've just been praying, 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 fasting and praying over the last couple of years for God to provide more space because we've been so um, uh, full of people, praise God. Uh, but now, starting this week, we now get the process, starting this week, of renovating the Southside building and starting getting it ready for our, our launch on the 24th of February, February, where we get to, to move forward as a church and have this grand, grand opening down there on the 24th of February, and then a few weeks later, reopen this place, because, you know, as Ruth said, we're going to be... Um, we're going to be kind of meeting there for two weeks while we renovate this room and this and put in toilets and things like that. Um, if you're new here visiting, we do have toilets, but um, you, you get to appreciate them as you anticipate them in a long queue uh, in, in the hallway during that time. So uh, as I said, this is in our 14th birthday, and, and over these years, we have seen a repeated pattern. We've seen a repeated pattern over the years, and if you're new here, I really want you to know this about this church. This, this pattern, this testimony. We've been humbled so many times. We've been humbled, we've been stuck, we've been frustrated. And, and in those times of being humbled, we've cried out to God in prayer. We've cried out to Him, and, and, and even prayer and fasting. Not just once, but for as long as it takes, and often it was prayer and fasting for years, years. Uh, fasting, not, I mean, not in a row for years, but, but, but you get it. We've been humbled so that we've prayed, and then we've been heard by God. And, and even though we've been praying for years, eventually we've been helped by God. And He's intervened in our situation, he's, and he's, then He's brought us into places where we can grow and thrive and be, and be happy, and be happy. This has been our testimony and our process. The pattern is humbled, then heard, and then helped, and then happy. That's been our, our testimony. We've been, we've been humbled, We've been heard, we've been helped, and then we've been happy. And again, the same pattern we, we've seen, it, we see in, in our own lives. I see it in my life. You might see it in your life. We see it all through the pages of the Bible. And, and even though it may take years, this is what God is, has been continuing to do throughout the ages. People have been humbled. Then they're heard as they cry out to God, and then they're helped, and then, then they're, they're happy. I was reading Exodus this week. And I saw again in Exodus 3 a very famous passage where God is speaking to Moses. And, and, and he's speaking to him at the moment where the, the, the bush is burning, but it isn't, but it is, but it isn't, but it is. And Moses is like, that's strange. Let me go see this strange thing. And he goes over there, and, and God speaks to him from this, from this uh, burning bush. And, and part of what God says to Moses are these words, which are on the screen in Exodus chapter 3. It says, Then the Lord said... I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt and have heard them crying out because of their oppressors. And I know about their sufferings. I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them from that land to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Just want to highlight this pattern again for you. 
First, God says, I have observed the misery. I have observed the misery of my people. The people were humbled, completely stuck, and had no help of being able to move forward unless God would do miracles. Miracles. Now, we know as a church what, what that's like to be humbled, and our, our humbling has been minuscule compared to what the, the, the uh, Israelites were going through at that time. But the concept is the same. Humbled by misery. Humbled by being stuck. Our church knows what that like, uh, that's like, and I know that so many individuals in our church know what that's like to have a moment of misery, of just feeling stuck. Now, some of you are in a moment of misery right now. You're humbled by your pain. You're humbled by your circumstances, humbled by your inability to get unstuck on your own. Now, here God says to Moses, I have observed the misery of my people. And I want you to know that if you're in one of those moments that God has also definitely a hundred percent without any hesitation, I can say he has seen your misery. He has observed your misery as well. He is not blind to you in your situation. So God observes the misery and then as we keep reading, it says, God has have heard them crying out. God, God says, I have heard them crying out because of their oppressors. The people were humbled, and so they cried out, and God heard them. Now, the same is true for you. If you're humbled, in fact, this week, some, many of you are going to join me in intentionally humbling oneself, or humbling ourselves with fasting. And as you humble yourself with fasting, you'll be heard, whether it's life situation humbling us or intentional self-humbling, God hears the cries and the prayers of the humble. And so when we fast, that's what we're doing. We're humbling ourselves before God. We're intentionally weakening ourselves before God. Humbling ourselves, it's not going to be by my strength, but by God's strength that, that anything significant happens. And that humbling catches the ear and attention of God. Now, just because nothing has changed doesn't mean you haven't been heard up to this point. God heard his people's cry, and then he sent Moses, but it's still going to be a while before God's people know that they've been heard, but they have been heard. But Moses has still got to get there and journey there and talk and give the testimony and all that kind of stuff. They, they don't know yet that they've been heard, but they have been heard by God and and I believe that many of you are in that moment as well where you've been heard, you're just not confident that you've been heard. But you need to know God has heard your prayers. So then what happens? Well, God says, I know about their suffering. I know about their sufferings. Friends, if, if you're suffering, God knows God knows about your suffering, and I don't say this to make you angry at God at all. Some of you are like, God, if you knew, if you knew, why are you letting my suffering persist? Or God, if you know, why are you allowing my suffering to, my, my suffering to continue, my misery to continue? Like, I know what it's like to be frustrated. I know what it's like to, 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 know, to be frustrated in this idea that God knows, and yet he hasn't done anything yet. 
I know that that can be frustrating. You're like, it's been so crazy long. It's been years. It's been years. God, God knows. And, and friends, I just want to encourage you to not turn on God in those moments, but continue to turn to God in those moments. Humbling, humble, humbling yourselves, waiting for God, continuing to cry out to God as long as it takes. In this story, then God continues, and event, then it says, it says, God says, I have come down to rescue them. I have come down to rescue. They have been crying out for years, generations even. It's been, it's been 80 years since Moses has been born. 80 years ago, they were throwing the baby boys into the Nile, right? It's been a long time of suffering, decades, generations, and they were, they were in slavery before that. They've been crying out to God for, for years, years of waiting. God doesn't always come down and rescue us as swiftly as we would want, <laughs> even by years. Agitating. Agitating is frustrating. Humbling. God doesn't always come down and rescue us as quickly as we'd want. But our, church, our church's story is, and my life's story is, and the, the repeated messages we see in the Bible is, and, and what you've experienced in, in many of your lives is, was we humble ourselves with prayer and fasting. We're humbled by our life circumstances. We cry out to God, and He hears us, and He knows, and eventually, even if it takes years, He will come and rescue you. And when He rescues, He doesn't just merely set you free, which sounds wonderful enough, but He sets your feet in a good and spacious place, in a happy place. He sets you in a happy place. God says to Moses here to bring them from that land to a good and spacious land. I'm not just going to rescue them from slavery. I'm going to bring them to a good place. A good place. Again, that's the cycle that we've experienced so often and we've experienced in our lives. Uh, some of you are right now in your life in a happy place. You're in a good and spacious and, and happy place and you're able to grow and you're able to thrive and, and you're able to be alive and rest and, and enjoy the goodness of God. Praise God. I, I hope that's the vast majority of you, that you're in a, in a wonderful season. I believe that as a church, we are moving into a season like that where our prayers are being answered and where we are together moving into a, in a happy, spacious season. If you're in a season like that personally, just hope you can praise God and enjoy and celebrate what, what God is, is doing for you and what he's done for you and, and the, the season that you're in. Don't take it for granted. Enjoy it. Let your prayers be full of thankfulness. If you're not in a happy place right now, I believe as you keep trusting and praying about your future, I believe that you will someday, if not in this life, definitely in the life to come for those who believe in Jesus, you will get to that place, that place of joy, that good place, the spacious place, the happy place. Now, I, my guess is that most of you will live this same cycle many times in your life, from humbled to heard to helped to happy. I think that that's going to be a pattern that you'll see in maybe from humble to heard to help to happy. If you're in a humble time and you're, you're crying out to God, this is what I want to say to you. Know 
your God. Know, know your God. And, and what, I, what I mean by that is know what is true about your God. What, know what he is like. Know, know, know what his, what his uh, what it, how he, he tends to interact and, with, with people and how he tends to rescue. That, know that he hears your prayers as you humble yourselves with prayer and fasting. Know that he hears your prayers as you're humbled by your life circumstances. I encourage you, just if you're in that, one of those humbled moments, keep praying. Know that your God hears. Know that, he, know that he knows. Know that he helps. That That's the kind of God that he is. It's very easy in times of misery, in years of waiting, especially when it's years of waiting for God, for God to help, to stop believing that God's heard you. It's easy to stop believing that God is going to do anything because he hasn't thus far, and you've been praying now for like three whole months or even three whole years or even three whole decades. And it's easy to think, well, God, if he hasn't done it thus far, then, then, then he, he, he probably want, won't. But unless God specifically tells you no, keep on asking. Keep on pleading. Keep on asking until he brings you into that good and spacious and, and happy place. This is the story of the church, my life, the Bible. So many of you keep believing. Keep believing. Because God still hears prayers. And God is still moving. I invite every one of you to, who is able who is able, and who this is wise for, to intentionally humble, uh, humble yourself this week for a, for a five-day no-food fast. No food. Drink whatever you want, but, but let's not eat any food uh, for this week. And, and I encourage you to take one of these, these fasting, fasting cards and to, to write some of your own personal uh, requests on the back that you'd like to see God answer. Maybe this year, maybe this decade, maybe this lifetime. But write down some of your, your, your prayer requests that you'd like to see God answer. And then pray for both sides of the card this week, in, in this week of prayer and, and, and fasting. And then, then hold on to these cards because the whole point of these cards is so that you remember what you prayed about so that when God answers, you can look back and say, I prayed and fasted for this. And look at what God has done. He still hears prayers. And he's still moving. And that can be your, your, your testimony. So, some of my prayers were answered last year. Some of them weren't. And so I look forward to seeing and continue, to continuing praying and fasting for those, those prayer requests this year. I, and on some of these prayer requests, they may take ages. They may take years, but I'm not giving up on some of these prayers. Um, when you leave, you'll be given some fasting guidelines. You can take them. Even if you have no intention to fast, you can just take them and, and just, just kind of for, for fun. Uh, Ruth, Ruth um, talked about fasting last week. If you want to hear a message on fasting, uh, you can listen to that online. Um, I, I'm happy to answer any questions you might have. There's so many great reasons not to fast this week, whether it's, it's not good for you to have a, a blurry mind or weakness for your, for your job or whether you're on medication or, or you're pregnant or, or you've got eating issues or you've got exam issues or you're under the age of 18 or, or anything like that. Um, when I say underweight, I mean by the NHS, not in your humble opinion. Uh, sometime, sometimes those are, are different. Uh, lots of good reasons not to fast. But if you're able, 
I encourage you to humble yourself with your church here, with your leaders, with the staff and the elders here, and, and to call on God to intervene in huge ways in our church and in your lives. So um, the challenges are just one. Try fasting. Try fasting. I encourage you to try all five days, Monday through Friday, uh, and, and uh, yeah, and, and just to, to give it a go. See how it goes. If you get really sick in the weeks, just stop. Okay, okay. Let's give it a go, though. We're going to try and push ourselves in, in that area. God, I, I believe that fasting is an incredible I believe in God statement. When you're fasting, you're saying, God, I believe that you are real so much so that I'm not going to eat. God, I believe that, you're, you're hearing pr- that you hear prayers and that you answer prayers so much so that I'm not going to eat this week because I'm going to call on you to hear and act and answer. It, it would be idiotic to not eat if you didn't believe God was real or that he still hears prayers or that he's still at work. Fasting is a, is a loud declaration to the heavens and, to, and just to you and your own life. I actually believe God is real. And, he, and he's at work. So that's the challenge. The challenge this week is, is, to, is to try fasting. Uh, and again, I encourage you to, to get those cards. We're going to hand them out on the way out um, to write down some prayer, your prayer requests and roll them up and put them in the prayer board or some answered prayers from last year. Uh, and let's, just, let's just make this season about prayer and answered prayer, prayer and fasting. I want to invite the worship team to come forward. They're going to lead us in, in, uh, in a couple songs. And during those songs, there's going to be communion over here. If you've given your life to Jesus, you can take communion in, either in the back hallway back there or up here. The bread represents Christ's body broken. You can dip it in the wine, which represents his blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. And you can take and eat and, and just celebrate the goodness that Jesus has done for you with your salvation. There's also a place for offerings and uh, prayer requests in the lectern here um, and in a basket out in the hallway where you can, I know most of you give online. Um, that's, that's wonderful. Um, but if you're here, if you're here and, and want to bring your offering in those two places, that's where you can do that. In the balcony is going to be prayer ministry. We'd love to pray for you for, for anything. We do believe that God hears prayers. And that God answers prayers. You've heard some testimonies of that in the share time, people going up for prayer ministry. Um, we'll pray for you for anything. Ruth's going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. But in the meantime, why don't you stand with me, church? And, uh, yeah. And I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to pray for us. Now, would you, would you close your eyes? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray a prayer. This is, there's, there's so many reasons not to fast this week. But some of you are going to try, and you're going to give it a go. And I want to pray an extraordinary blessing over your week, your fasting week. Just go ahead and close your eyes. If you're thinking of fasting, or you, even if you're, if you're like 60% considering fasting, or maybe you've started early because of some schedule conflicts or whatever, I want to pray about that time of fasting in your prayers. Just go ahead and raise your hand and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of fasting. I'm going to give this a go this week. Yeah, I'm going to pray that. Some of you are like, I can't believe I'm raising my hand right now. Praise God. I'm going to pray a blessing over that. You put your hands down. Now, how many of you are, are here and you're like, okay, wow. I, I guess I do believe that God is real. And for the first time in my life, I, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to dedicate my life to following him. I need to become a Christian. 
If that's you and you want to give your life to, to Jesus, I'll help you with that in, in a moment. But I encourage you to, in this moment just to raise your hand. Be like, yes, today I want to give my life to Jesus for the first time. Why don't you do that today for the first time? Okay, you can put your hands down. And if you're here today and you're like, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I used to follow Jesus, but I've been really off track with my life. I've been so off track and I need to get back on track. And today is my new beginning with Jesus. You want to rededicate your life to Jesus? Go ahead and raise your hand. Be like, yes, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus today. Okay, put your hands down. Let me pray for us all. If you want to give your life to Jesus or rededicate your life to Jesus, I suggest praying something like this uh, in the quietness of this moment. God, forgive me. I, I dedicate the entirety of my life now to you, whether things go good or whether things go bad. Forgive me and give me this new beginning. I, I believe and I ask for you to fill me with your spirit. Put your right spirit within me. And help me. For those of you who, who are going to be fasting, I'm going to, God, every hand that you saw raised that is going to give this, uh, give this a go, God, I ask for an extraordinary attentiveness to their prayers to the, the words that they write on their pages, to the prayers that they pray for this church. God, I pray as we humble ourselves before you and say that it's not going to be by our strength, but by your strength that, that things move forward. God, I pray that you would hear our prayers and that you would act, that you would hear and that you would answer, that you would hear and that you would move and that you would move swiftly, not in years, but in days. Bring us all to that happy place where you intervene and do great things in our lives. God, I pray that you would that you would encourage in, in the hunger moments, when we're humbled by the hunger, that you would encourage and strengthen us when we are weak. We know that when we're weak, you're strongest. So shine in this week. Be powerful. Teach us in Jesus' name.